Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Intersections Matches Talk Radio, a monthly holistic lifestyle show focused on the continual evolution into the best versions of our authentic selves. This is Jess Bina, your host. I'm the founder of Intersections Match, the only matchmaking and dating coaching company focused on South Asian singles throughout North America. As a dating coach and matchmaker, I'm always interested in fresh perspectives from authors, researchers, and experts to help me provide unparalleled service to our clients. I'm very excited to welcome Dr. John Cassioppo to our show today. Dr. Cassioppo is the Tiffany and Margaret Blake Distinguished Service Professor and Director of the Center for Cognitive and Social Neuroscience at the University of Chicago. On today's show, we will be discussing Dr. Cassioppo's research. Based on a survey of more than 19,000 individuals who married between 2005 and 20 and 2012. Welcome to the show, Dr. Cassiopo. Thank you. Now, um, initially, I'd, I'm really interested to learn what led to your conducting this fascinating research in the first place. Um, it was a rare opportunity to look at a question that. Um, probably crosses a lot of people's minds, and that is how is uh, our marital lives being changed by the mm-hmm. Internet? Uh, the Internet's changed uh, how we work, how we shop, how we travel, uh, and it's also sure. penetrating how we interact with others and how we're meeting our spouses. And so it was uh, an opportunity to try to determine whether the changes were for the better or for the worse, whether it was a warning or whether we were doing something right. Excellent. Now, your results revealed that a large proportion of marriages in this country now actually begin online. What's um, future with our listeners? What's that proportion that you that you found? We really were surprised. It was about 35% uh, of the marriages between 2005 and 2012 began online. Uh, that's a, a dramatic increase in the number of uh, uh, such marriages where they're beginning. Uh, one of the things that implies is that online uh, meetings are not as stigmatized as they were even uh, you know a decade or a uh, decade and a half ago uh, and and our research showed that the people who were more likely to be meeting online uh, were those who are better educated, those with higher income, uh, those between thirty and thirty nine years of age, in short, those who didn't have a lot of spare time uh, for leisure uh, they were using the Internet as a means of communicating and meeting new spouses or matches because uh, they had so little time uh, to go through the normal offline venues. Well, that is fascinating. So over a third of marriages between those, you know, between that span of uh, 2005 and 2012, um, you know, they, they began online. Well, and you had mentioned, you just mentioned with respect to age, so I want to just highlight that. 
Um, so it seems like my question is: there any difference with respect to people in different age groups? Um, and you just mentioned um, a demographic that's very dominant for us, which is a uh, 30 to 40, so 30 to 39-year-olds. So, um, you know, it, it sounds like you did allude to a difference in terms of the prevalence um, with respect to this particular age group. So why do you think that is, that, um, that it's even more, you know, more frequent um, within that decade, within that age group? You, I know you had mentioned busy lives, but tell, yeah, tell me a little bit more about Sure. I think there's two different things going on. Um, those, okay. over, those over 40 uh, are more okay. likely to meet their spouse offline than online. Uh, and that probably reflects the, their um, still somewhat uh, discomfort with uh, the Internet as a means of interacting uh, with others. Um, okay. The, the group under 30 um, are more, also more likely to meet their spouse offline than online during this period, but that's probably because they're meeting them at school, they're meeting them uh, at sources of leisure. They're still out and about, if you will. They have lots sure. of potential um, mates that they're meeting, and so those offline venues are sufficient. Uh, so I think the 30 to 39-year-old group popped up as more likely to meet spouses online than offline because they are of the generation who's familiar and comfortable with the Internet, and yet they're also sure. in that age range where they're too busy and they don't have the traditional sources of changing class and finding a whole new set of potential individuals with whom to date or, or get to know better. All right. Well, that, yeah, that makes that makes complete sense. In terms of the demographic differences now, um, again, you had mentioned education. You may have mentioned income as well. I know your findings um, were that there are differences um, with respect to level of education and income. Um, and tell us about that and, and again, why you, think, why you think that's the case. Well, yes, we found uh, those who were making $50,000 and above were more likely to uh, meet the spouse. Actually, at 75000 and above were more likely to meet their spouse online than offline, 50 to 75,000 okay. is about equal, uh, and then less than that, they were more likely to meet their spouse offline. And that, that may reflect um, uh, the availability and familiarity with computers. Uh, if I have a laptop and I'm traveling a lot with it, then I'm a lot more likely to also use it to potentially meet new matches, whereas okay. if I'm uh, young or, or poor and have a part-time job and can't afford that, that internet connection or that laptop, then I'm less likely to be using it as a way of meeting new potential mates. Sure. And I guess in, uh, along the lines of what you had mentioned um, with the age, just in terms of opportunity, if someone is with a high level of education, potentially um, an income, potentially that, that would um, imply longer hours and that kind of a thing. So um, possibly just the ability to be able to be online at sort of any, you know, within your schedule, kind of a crazy schedule to fit it in. Um, would that would that possibly be another factor there? Right, right. If you look at the education level, it's those with college or higher degrees who are more likely yeah. to meet their spouse online. And again, you have a familiarity with computers and an access to sure. them. And if we look at employment status, it was those who were full had full employment who were more likely. Okay. That's that's in some ways redundant with the income finding, but. But again, if you have part-time or are retired, uh, you don't have the same access uh, or familiarity with computers. Okay, okay, all right. Now we're talking about people who are meeting online. What about after uh, the people meet online and, and they marry? 
So any statistically significant differences um, that you found post-marriage with respect to spouses who, who did meet online initially versus offline? Right. Well, there's one thing I want to clarify, and okay. you, you fully appreciate this, and it is uh, just because I might meet someone online doesn't mean that I'm yeah. going to end up married. I'm, many of those meetings sure. lead to perhaps dates and then nothing. Same with the offline yeah. meetings, of course. Uh, so we're looking, sure. we're looking at a subset of those who met online. These are the individuals mm-hmm. who met someone and then subsequently married. Um, and yeah. we, we find that those individuals are less likely, those marriages are less likely during the course of our study to have ended up in separation or divorce. And they're also associated with higher levels of marital satisfaction, both of which to me were very surprising. Now, these effects are very small. So the, the averages were very similar between the two groups. What's notable okay. to me is that the online was at least as good and, in fact, a little better than the offline meetings. Uh, that's, that's the surprising fact. I would have thought it would be the other way. And with that, with that with respect to both marital satisfaction as well as longevity of the marriage itself? Right. Both? Right. Oh, it wow. Both. Okay. 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 Again, not a big difference, but... It, obviously, okay. the online meetings are not leading to worse marriages. That's the big take-home message. If anything, okay. that it's at, le- at least as fast that if nothing else is statistics bear, that probably a little little better in terms of those two, uh, the satisfaction and, and the longevity. Okay. Have you found, um, you know, of course, you know, there's a plethora of online sites, some more niche, some, you know, very many. Um, have you found, and I'm not sure, you know, in terms of your research, but have you found that the different online sites to be similar in terms of the kind of marital outcomes that you just you just mentioned? Or well, that, uh, yeah, that's a great yeah, go ahead. That's a great question. So we, when you look at online, uh, 45% okay. of those marriages started at online dating sites. So the people are meeting at a variety of online venues, but but sure. Um, uh, the plurality are meeting on online dating sites. Um, we asked, the, the literature in the past have treated all online venues as if they're the same. It's been termed computer-mediated communications. And it's a computer-mediated communication, whether I meet someone uh, through a chat room or through a virtual world or through an online dating site. That's all computer-mediated communication. And we, we had anticipated there to be dramatic differences in those sites uh, those different venues, and indeed, uh, we did find the online domains to be uh, no longer homogeneous. They shouldn't be treated as homogeneous. Um, and within the online, we found differences as well, not, not too surprising. So it has mm-hmm. a lot to do with authenticity and what one is seeking uh, in those okay. things rather than just, just being online versus offline. By the way, we find the same thing offline, meeting someone through being raised together or through places of worship uh, or through friends has different effects than meeting someone at a bar or club. So, again, not too surprising, uh, but offline venues don't always lead to the same consequences, neither do online venues. Interesting. Now, you've come up with um, three different compelling hypotheses um, for the research findings. And um, I'm hoping you'll go ahead and share those three, three uh, hypotheses with our listeners. I think they'll find them fascinating. Um, I know one has to do with selection bias, but go ahead. Tell, go ahead and tell uh, yeah, sure. what those are. 
I'll actually go through more than three um, because the oh, most okay. obvious what? one is the one the, the one you mentioned is the okay. most obvious, and that is that there's a selection bias. You know, the people who are more educated and wealthier are the ones who are more likely to meet online. And of course, that that sets a strong foundation for a happier, longer marriage as well. Uh, we statistically controlled for those differences and found that, okay. uh, although not unimportant, it didn't it didn't eliminate the differences that I just mentioned. Um, so okay. there are there are a couple possibilities, uh, all of which are probably operating. One is um, a different kind of selection bias. If I'm going to a, a particular site um, because I want to find a marital partner, and the others who are at that site are doing that because they want to find a marital partner, there's a commonality in motivations. And that commonality sure. may promote finding uh, a longer-lasting match just because all the intentions are aligned. Uh, and that's different, for instance, than if you meet at a bar, the intentions may not be aligned and yet it still may end up uh, at an outcome, but that outcome may not be as durable because of that early misalignment of intentions. Uh, we, we, I think that's, that's clearly something that warrants additional uh, investigation. It's also likely, though, that through online venues, um, you have a larger pool. Uh, you know, sure. I live in Chicago, where we have a lot of people in the city. Yeah. Most, uh, you know, most people don't have access to quite that larger pool, uh, and and so online all of a sudden opens up the number of individuals uh, you can choose from, uh, and with more opportunities, more and more options, uh, the likelihood of finding just that right match increases, um, and so that that's a, a possible uh, process that's operating. A third is that it may be easier to say no or to extract oneself. If you meet someone through friends or family or through right. work uh, okay. and one or both start to get cold feet, it's a little difficult okay. to extract. Um, if you meet someone online, it's much simpler. And uh, that may be as important a process as the additional opportunities. Um, uh, we can, we, you know, the Vietnam War was a war that we entered not completely intentionally, but it was by mild escalation, and then we found ourselves in this war that we couldn't get out of. Well, where marriages sure. may sometimes be uh, uh, the result of a similar process. Uh, and then finally, um, and perhaps in some ways most interestingly, um, research in laboratories has shown that if you meet through computers or if you meet another individual in a completely dark room, you actually are somewhat more honest in your disclosures, and as a result of that, you like the person more and are liked more by the person than if you meet face-to-face -face initially where self-presentational concerns start to dominate how you interact with the other person. So uh, that's, that's also a possibility that in these online settings, people are likely to be a little more authentic uh, in terms of how they're presenting themselves and as a result, be more likely to find an authentic and lasting match. That is fascinating. In some ways, somewhat counterintuitive, I think, for some people who, you know, who might think, well, you know, people can hide behind their computers. Or whatever. But you're saying that actually the level of self-disclosure is, is higher, you know, you know, just relative yeah. to um, in that mode. Interesting, pretty interesting. Oh. Well, you raise a very good point, though. You raise a very good point. So I, that's why I wanted to make the point. These are individuals who ended up married. So I think what, mm -hmm. what other research shows is if you're de-individuated, if you're anonymous to the other individual, 
you may you may well get more misrepresentation, less authenticity. Uh, you know, you may present yourself as taller or more fit or wealthier or yeah. any number of, but that's likely to be detected once the relationships move to more face-to-face interactions. Uh, and ah, with that detection, okay. it's less likely yeah. the end of the marriage. So, so that's where that actually isn't. It isn't that all online is going to be met with authentic self-presentations. It's that it's more possible, uh, but you're also going to likely have more misrepresentations. It's just those misrepresentations. Um, the other person's going to be highly vigilant when you first meet to, to detect any such misrepresentations as well as they should be. Oh, great. Because your findings with some people are actually married, and for people to be married, there are those hoops you jump through beyond meeting online, and then you actually do meet. And like you said, if someone represented the, themselves different from what who they actually are, that's going to be detected before someone walks down the aisle. So that, okay, okay, very. That's right. Okay. And that, that makes and a I lot think, of sense. Okay. I think people do view with some skepticism uh, the authenticity or truthfulness of people who they meet online. And that's probably a healthy skepticism. And that's why I think it's important to make that point because what this research doesn't suggest is that people are only being authentic online and so you can trust who you meet. I mean, quite the contrary. Uh, I think it's the skepticism about authenticity that leads to the detections of of any deception and, and that should be taken seriously. Okay, that no, that that makes complete sense. And when you kind of remember, okay, these are the people who were married, and that's like you said, a subset in terms of um, in terms of that. Well, I appreciate you sharing your insights with us, Dr. Cassiopo. Um, is there any last thought or really take-home message that you'd like to leave our listeners with? Um, yes, I, I myself was surprised by the nature of these results, um, and I think the way to view the internet. It's not as something you know, changing uh, our world, but rather as a tool that if we use effectively can, can in fact improve our world and our lives. Uh, but it is a tool, and I, one of the features I like about this research is it suggests that using it to be authentic, and being authentic is a scary event. You know, the rejection of an yeah. authentic presentation. Can sure. Be uh, if that sure. computer allows us to be authentic and suffer that rejection with less pain, uh, then we're more likely to find someone else who actually loves us for who we authentically are and we can love for who they authentically are and thereby improve um, you know, our lives, marriages, families, communities, and society. I love that in terms of authenticity. Um, like you said, when we're looking, if the relationship goal is marriage, it's, you know, you need to be authentic or it's, you know, it's going to, it's not going to play well. So that's, um, I love ending on that. Um, thank you so much for joining us, Dr. Kinsiopo, and sharing with us your insights. It's been a pleasure. My pleasure. Thank you very much. And in case you joined us late, you would like to share this show with people in your life. I'd like to remind you that today's radio show will be archived and available as a podcast on Intersections Match's website, which is um, www.intersectionsmatch.com. I appreciate you hanging out with us, and make sure to join us for next month's, next month's show. Take care, everyone. Mm-hmm.